Welcome to a new episode of the Front End Happy Hour. As we've talked about in maybe a couple episodes already that we've released is this year we're doing a couple episodes here and there where we're doing interviews with the panelists and getting to know each panelist and knowing their backgrounds. So in this episode, I get to interview Stacy. Uh, you've probably heard the interview that Jem did with myself and the one that I interviewed Jem. Well, Stacy's next. So we're going to be diving in, into Stacy's background and learning more. Uh, Stacy, let's start off by where did you grow up? Uh, that's probably an easy one to start with. <laughs> sure. Um, I grew up in North Dakota, partially, I, but until like fifth grade or so, um, in a small town, small-ish, I guess, Minot, North Dakota, um, and then moved to Wisconsin, like sixth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and then spent most of my like, rest of my youth uh, in like Wisconsin growing up there, went to college there, high school, all of that. Um, in Wisconsin, and then moved to England for a year for work stuff, and then moved out to California for my my current current job. That's awesome. And you know what? I knew you were grew up in North Dakota, but I don't think I really thought about it. And then now you saying that you and I lived two hours or an hour apart. Minot <laughs> was like right below like it's right below Manitoba, right? Like, so yeah. we would cross the border all the time coming from Brandon, which is the city I grew up in. And we'd go to buy things in the US and Minot was always the like, you know, the quickest one closest the border. So that's hilarious. I didn't realize that. I didn't, I don't think I made that's that so connection until now. So yeah, we, we, what was that water? What was that water park that was like just over the border? I remember that was something that, we yeah. would go to Canada. For. I don't remember the name of it, but we would go that too. Like we would go like, I remember even doing like school trips there. What if we were at the same places at the same time? <laughs> oh my goodness. This is amazing. See, I'm learning <laughs> even things doing these interviews where I'm like, yeah, I, I know everyone, but uh, no, this is, this is great. So you, you know, grade six or so you're in Wisconsin. What, what were some of the things you like to do as a kid? Um, I always say that growing up in North Dakota as a kid was actually pretty great because uh, we lived near a rodeo. We lived near a um, a ranch and stuff. So there was just a lot of like being outdoors, uh, somewhat unsupervised, <laughs> riding around on these dirt path roads, um, very like kind of rural and uh, free, you know, just very like you know, you're in a sort of safe area. It wasn't like growing up in a big city or something where like you had to worry about um, things and spent a lot of time on my cousin's farm, uh, riding around on three wheelers, which is very dangerous now. And I think they're banned. <laughs> um. Are they actually, I think you're right. Cause like, yeah, those are readily available like growing up, but they're like, they are definitely dangerous. Like the two wheels or quad, that's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> So a lot of cool stuff like that. I just I remember like childhood being a lot of fun. So a lot of like outdoors activities. Yeah. And my um, my parents were really into camping and fishing, mostly like like fishing was the, the, the big thing. So we spent a lot of weekends um, on Lake Sakakawea boating with my parents, good friends. And so that got infused, I think, a lot with me. My parents had a big garden when I was growing up, so like gardening, outdoor stuff. That was all kind of a part of 
part of my childhood. That's very cool. So do you still like fishing and like the outdoors? I am not a fisher. I know my dad wanted to make me a hunter too. He took me hunting a few times and I <laughs> did not like it. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not into killing animals really. Not in not not a big part of my my life, but um but it definitely instilled like an appreciation for nature and stuff. So yeah, to, to this day like I love hiking and getting out um and camping and and being outside. Yeah, and I'm actually not surprised on the fishing and hunting. I'm like, yeah, I just don't picture Stacy doing that. So <laughs> that's, uh, I-, I thought I'd ask. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, I mean, you're to this day still still doing a lot of outdoor activities, which is awesome, and camping and like spending time with the dogs, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so North Dakota, lots of outdoors stuff. Uh, what was uh, like? What was it like in Wisconsin once you'd moved? Yeah, we moved to um, a suburb of Milwaukee, which is a pretty like decent sized city, um, a lot more diversity. Like uh, it was very different. Like we lived in an apartment for a little bit. We had come from like living in a house, um, and yeah, just adjusting, having to make new set of friends. You're like you know, at that like age of sixth grade fifth grade was okay sixth grade gets harder middle school kids can kind of be like <laughs> worse <laughs> mean yeah they're mean like they're very mean <laughs> um so yeah just making new friends but being in the city was a very different yeah a different experience like you're not just meandering around wherever you feel like it um and yeah just going much bigger schools. Like I, my net when I was there, that was tiny. Like I had a classroom size of like 20 people. And then uh, going to Wisconsin, it was like, oh, there's like 300 people in your, in your class. You know, it was very big. I felt like in your class, everything was just, like your legit class size was 300. Well, like the entire, you know, all of sixth grade or whatever, you know, like there was, it was much bigger. Okay. That's still big. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's a huge difference. Huge difference. Um, And yeah, just like moving to a a state that's very different, you know, even though it's Midwest, like every state's very unique and has like different characteristics. And uh, Wisconsin, just a lot of like, I don't know, German influence. You see a lot of of that. Trying to think. The lake was something very, very different and new. Like it's, it almost feels like an ocean, like Lake Michigan, because it's, it's, it's so huge and it's an entire, like it's like a a coast you know and you grow up near that that's kind of a a, a, like something very different north Dakota, you know there's there's lakes and stuff but there's nothing that gigantic that almost feels kind of like an ocean it's also very very flat in uh yeah very flat yeah (laughs) extremely flat (laughs) um so you different different uh topography uh more more hills and trees lots more trees a whole lot more trees (laughs) Which is good for the, like, you know, you're liking the outdoors. There's like a little bit more to explore at that point. Yeah. There was one thing that was very different is uh, a lot of the lakes in Wisconsin are very surrounded. Like everybody owns property around them and they're very kind of, there are public boat launches and ways to get on them, but they're just, it's very like populated as opposed to some of the lakes in North Dakota were just like vast open spaces and and nobody, nobody around. So that was a big difference too. Very cool. And so... uh, what are some of the activities that you like to do once you were in Wisconsin? Like outside of school. I mean, my parents are really awesome in that. And I suppose it kind of goes to like privilege too. Like 
they didn't have a lot of money, but they also gave us a lot of opportunities. So my parents like enrolled us in a lot of rec department stuff. So swimming lessons through the rec department or art classes or gymnastics and just a lot of different things where you could like try things out and it wasn't a huge amount of, of money. Um, so that, I think that was really cool to see if I liked things. Like I didn't really like gymnastics at all. So like, that's not something I kept doing. Um, but they gave us a lot of opportunities to like explore stuff. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and I'm trying to think back to like, what was I doing in sixth, seventh and eighth grade? <laughs> I remember being an art club. I joined, I'm like, I did, I remember joining art club. That was something I did after school. It's kind of nerdy. I think I liked, yeah, I think, those that art club really stood out. I remember that was something I really liked a lot and uh, put time and effort in. I tried playing clarinet for a split second. That didn't work, so band was never my thing. <laughs> I, I feel like we would have hung out though in the art class. I'm like, yeah, I, I'd resonate with that. Yeah, <laughs> I did start playing sports. I guess that was a thing. What kind of sports did you play? Um, so I started playing basketball. That was through like ever since I was like very. Uh, little my dad um, we'd like play catch together and basketball he taught me like basketball so that was always kind of a big part of my life and then um, started playing that in seventh grade uh, for school and then all the way through high school all the way through senior year I was playing uh, basketball which is probably I don't ever talk about sports that much but yeah I I was a point guard and and played on high school sports That's awesome. What a like what else like probably changed like high school changes lots of things like but you're still playing sports which is cool. What are some things that you, you know, did for fun like outside of school and basketball uh for during high school? Um during high school uh yeah, sports were was a big thing. I was in some like nerdy clubs. Future Business Leaders of America was one I can remember called FBLA. <laughs> I went to a business. I love camp, it. Like, <laughs> like very. <laughs> I look back and I'm like, business camp. What does that even mean? Um, so yeah, uh, some some things like that. Uh, what else did I? What else was I involved with? I worked, um, volunteered with like, like sort of self printed magazine thing for where people could submit their artwork and poetry. Um, a, a, a friend at the time like created that and so we I don't remember if that was an official school thing or if we just did it it's all very fuzzy <laughs> that's really but, cool though I love that like it kind of ties in some of like the art and like that you were doing but then also like I mean I think front end happy our listeners know that you also love music so I'm assuming like that that kind of ties into that world really nicely too yeah and definitely in high school like once I was able to drive there's a lot of like concerts that was huge I was so excited to start going to shows um started I'm trying to think New Rock Fest was I think one of the first music festivals I went to and that was in Milwaukee and they had a big area on the lakefront where they would have festivals and and one of them was New Rock Fest so it had a lot of like indie bands that you heard on the radio at the time that was like I think Gwen Stefani performed and Moby and PJ Harvey and a lot of these 90s uh, like came out kind of became popular in the 90s a lot of those bands so that was really 
fun stuff. Yeah, a lot of a lot of like any money that I had would go towards like going to shows. That's awesome. Because I I mean, you still go to shows like, well, pandemic aside, like you've always been like relatively going to shows. So that's like cool that that kind of just started like even when you just could start driving. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I've always enjoyed that. And then computer stuff kind of came into the picture in high school, too, um, that I didn't take any classes in high school related to programming that wasn't, I think they had them. Um, I just don't, I didn't take them, but I I did start getting interested in computer stuff because my parents bought our family, like the family computer. This was like the early days, right? Like the nineties. So it was, um, you had the one computer that you all fought over. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't think yeah. I got it even in the 90s. I think it, well, maybe late 90s is when my parents finally were like, okay, we'll get a computer. Yeah. It was like, yeah, they got the family computer. It was really expensive and it was a big deal. And um, yeah, it was in the family room. It wasn't in like anybody's bedroom or anything. It was like, we all shared it. Um, I ended up spending probably the most time on it just because I like was fascinated with it. It was like Windows 3.1 was the operating system on it. <laughs> it's really. What What were you fascinated about it? Like, cause there's so many realms that you could have been like excited about. Was there like games that you were playing? Was it like, <laughs> trying to start up that dial up? Like what, what was the things that kind of got you interested in it? I think my mom at the time, wherever she was working, one of her coworkers found out that she had that, like we got a family computer and, and they were like, Oh, I have this um, this game. You should take it home. Your kids will, you know, like playing it. And it was basically the game Civilization, but it was on floppy disks. So I think it was a DOS-based version of Civilization. And so, yeah, she brought those home. And I was like, oh, fun. Let's play it. And I, I basically spent a summer doing that because it, it was before I, got, I could get my license to drive. So it was a summer where I basically was just at home a lot. And I was like, all right, let's figure this game out. And I had to figure out, I just, I remember the mouse wouldn't, if, if the mouse was active, like I couldn't play the game. So I had to figure out how to deactivate it and I couldn't. And I called a, like a 1-800 number on the back of the game because <laughs> I had to play it. And they talked me through like disabling the mouse driver through like auto ex- editing auto exec bat file. Like um, it was very revelatory. I was like, Oh, you can like change your computer and it like does things and like seeing code, I, you know, not that you would necessarily consider auto exec bat file a, a program, but I mean, there's just, there's code in, in there. some ways it is. Cause it's, yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's something behind the scenes that you weren't, no, you would be like, I didn't know this existed. So yeah, modified that and it worked. And I was like, it just felt, you felt so powerful. I was like, oh, look, look we got this working. And yeah, I played a, a, I played a lot of Civilization. <laughs> nice. And so is that, maybe some of that, was that what sparked you wanting to move into programming? I think it planted seeds. Like at the time, I didn't even know that that was a thing that I could do, like as a career, because I wasn't exposed to, I guess, and really knowing what software was or software development would be. Um, but then once I got to college and started thinking through it more, I was like, well, I really like computers and then mucking around with things like the early, like, um, was it GeoCities and creating websites on there? Um, 
started doing that kind of stuff and I was like oh this is a really cool intersection of like art and and um logic you know something because I I really enjoyed I was like pretty decent at math and took a lot of advanced math courses in, in high school and all of, but I also really liked art. And so like those two came together and sort of intersected really nicely um, for building for the web. And I was like, this is cool. I'm like, can this be a career? <laughs> um, and it, and it, and it turned out that, yeah, I could. Yeah. And I love the, like taking math, like logic and art and putting them together like that's that's so cool taking two loves and just like throwing them together and also being able to make a career out of it that's awesome and you did go to school for like for some sort of computer work correct yeah i originally thought i was like oh is it computer science is that what i do or is it at the time like the college that i went to was um was well known for kind of a, a mixture of like a business and computer like programming program that was like a combined thing called management computer systems. Um, computer science at the time, at least at that, at that school was like hardware related. And I was like, wasn't into hardware. And so I was like, well, maybe that's the thing I want to go towards. I think I ended up like first declaring finance as a major. Cause I wasn't entirely sure what path I wanted to do. That was a mistake. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do finance. Um, I don't picture you doing that either. <laughs> yeah, I took a bunch of accounting and finance classes. But then uh, there was a new major that came out that was a mixture. So so management computer systems was a lot of like, like program, you know, basic programming skills and things, but it was, wasn't really web focused. And so then they had a new program come out that was called computer and user technologies, which is a very weird degree name but that's what my degree actually is um is a bachelor's of a ba with that as the name and that was a combination of uh programming stuff but also included like javascript so i learned i took like I had a javascript course and so we um I, I think i even did like flash for like a project in one of my classes for that so Anyway, that combined more of what I was like hoping for. So I ended up majoring in that. That's really cool. You're doing Flash, JavaScript. It was like, that was the web. Like you were definitely down the right track for web, which is really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, it's school. Then, you know, get out in the real world. Like what happened? How did, like, what was the first job? Like, how did you first get that job? Yeah. Well, and also I want one more story from college that I wanted to share just because yeah. I think maybe it's helpful for people too. I, the first course I took in programming, I did not like it and I did not do that great. Um, at first I, I like had to work really, really hard to get my head around some of these, like the core, like programming, uh, uh, principles of like how, 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 if statements work and all of that, like it did not come naturally to me. I was not like a little natural, computer hacker at all I it took a lot of practice and actually a lot of office hours me going to see the professor um tears like feeling like I was gonna fail and maybe this isn't for me maybe I'm not good enough so like it was really hard um I ended up turning that course around and I did get like a, a good grade in it but like it challenged me and I was like did I pick the right thing <laughs> So, but once I started doing JavaScript and Flash, I was like, for some reason that was more inspiring and fun. Like the, 
the it was Pascal was the language that I was learning. And so you were doing things like processing a text file and, you know, a blue, well, whatever. Like the screen was, you know, not very advanced. There's the IDEs at the time were not not very uh, sophisticated. So it didn't spark anything in me. But like once I saw like the web and JavaScript and Flash and all that stuff, it was kind of like more visual and it was more exciting and meaningful. Like, oh, I'm looping because of this purpose. And it, it just sort of clicked. I, I got to echo the same feeling, Stacey. I had very much similar experience where just like, it was hard. Like I had to really work at it, but it was Flash that really connected the dots for me. Like it was like, cool. Like I'm actually like, I can see the, you know, the reason for this and I'm seeing it actually something move on the screen and like even some of the math and, and coordinates that you're figuring out. It, it just made more sense to me than something like .NET or PHP or who knows what languages at the time. Um, yeah, I, I can resonate with that a lot. Yeah, so you you know you finished up school, you know you did figure out the programming clearly. You, you did well in the course, and now you know <laughs> moved on. Now you're in the real world. What does the first job look like? How did you get the first job, and and what was it? Yeah, first job was so I graduated in 2000. So it was right when the dot com boom bust happened (laughs) or right in the midst of it. And so like I graduated right as everything was like crashing down. Um, Not that I had the, I didn't really have like, Oh, I'm the dream to go work for a startup out in California. Like that wasn't really a thing that I was thinking about, but um, it was concerning because a lot of people that I was graduating with, it was actually hard to find a job because a lot of the, tech jobs at that moment in time they were being cut like companies were letting lots of people go and so there was it was a little bit unnerving um I think I got lucky because I got an internship at a company that um it's like the sister sibling company of S.E. Johnson uh wax so you might be familiar with that from raid off (laughs) windex (laughs) um uh so it was like a the professional division of that that worked with like professional cleaning products, but they had um, an internship working on their e-commerce team. They, they like uh, so <laughs> when E was it was popular for E to be in front of everything, and so I got I got lucky because I it was like something it was I got to work with the web and um, I think a few people that I graduated with like the careers were kind of all over the place. Like some people started working on like in like help desks. Because that was considered, you know, sort of like tech, tech related. Um, some people went off to work in networking, like network engineering stuff. So it was very wide gamut of like what people ended up doing uh, with that same degree. Um, but yeah, the internship was great. I I learned a ton, and then that turned into a full time job offer. And it just I really liked the people I was working with and the stuff that I was working on. So I was like, yeah, that sounds good. So that was where. That was where I started. Nice. And then what did you learn mostly in that first job? Like what was kind of something that helped you in your career? I think one thing I think back on and realize how lucky I was is that I had a really good mentor. It wasn't like official or anything. It wasn't like this is officially a mentor for you, but it was just someone that Jeff Wagner is his name. He really helped me learn a lot. He was very patient and good at teaching. He would, you know, we'd get projects to work on and he would 
kind of be the lead on that. And then like, and I would help out where I could and he'd kind of define things that I could work on that made sense and did a really good job of that. And I think having that as like a, po- a really positive experience as you're just getting into the industry, I think that was huge. And so, yeah, that, that sits with me quite a bit. I, I think that whenever I see new people joining, um, that are like just out of school or just graduating. I think, I think a lot about that and like how much just that first year can mean to like, whether you have a good experience or, you know, a bad one. Yeah. Like it's, you learn so much like you're, cause you're just taking it all in. And if you have some good guidance that can go a really long way or else you're just stuck trying to figure it out yourself. So that's awesome that you actually had someone even not even an official mentor capacity, but just someone's like, yeah, I'll help you. And like showing you some of those things that, you know, now when you're later in your career, you kind of just take for granted that like those things you just know, but like early in the career, it's really difficult to just, how do you just figure that out? Yeah, exactly. Like there's, a lot of stuff in tech too, you don't, you aren't taught in school. So I I had to learn a lot on the job. Like one of the first things that we worked with was a Lotus script. Yeah. Lotus script. (laughs) It was, it was related to like IBM's um, Lotus notes and Domino. I, I don't even know if that's like a platform that's around anymore, but that was something that we built intranet and internet like we built sites based with that with those tools and so i had to learn like a little bit of lotus script because you had to manipulate things it's kind of like javascript but you know like ecmascript variant um but i didn't learn that in school so you had to like figure it out and it was nice to just yeah have someone that was patient enough to uh and and be willing to their like answer a lot of questions (laughs) That's awesome. No, I think that that's so important. And it's like, I like that you called it out too, because I think it's also good for us to remember as engineers is like when you're working with someone who's new to the industry, it's like, there's, there's just so much to learn. And like, you can just give, giving a little bit of your time goes such a long way. So that's really cool. So then, yeah, like, you know, you've definitely worked in other companies before, you know, joining the lasting, which we all know that you're at now, but uh, like, what are some things that you, you know, some different companies you worked at or things you learned along the way? Yeah, I think having a bunch of like varied experiences was pretty helpful. Like I didn't just build, uh, like we're not working for like one type of company. So this, this, this first company was like, you know, they produce physical products. They produce like physical, like the cleaning solutions, stuff to like floor strippers and stuff. So the web part of it was, um, you know, building their external website, building the internal uh, website for the intranet that everybody was um, using at work. It was like building, you know, apps to manage cleaning machines, locations and, and things. So it was it was kind of, you know, those kind of applications. And then after that, I went to uh, Kohl's and I worked on Kohl's.com. So another e-commerce team, but this was even bigger, right? Like that was a little bit of selling stuff online, but this was, you know, their, a lot of their business was Kohl's.com and, and selling tons of products online. So that was quite an experience to like go from uh, like lower, like, websites that didn't have a lot of scale, like not a lot, like 
you're not having like millions of visitors kinds of kind of website to something that um, was a much bigger scale. So that was um, interesting, different stack. I didn't know Java before going there. That was some, that was part of their stack, um, JSPs and Java. And uh, it's also where I learned a lot about uh, Unix and corn shell and maneuvering around on servers via the command line. That was not something I had done much of prior. So yeah, a lot of like learn by fire kind of stuff. The on-calls were pretty intense. Um, yeah, that was quite an experience. And after Kohl's, I wanted something a little bit less chaotic. It was really a lot of on-call stress there. So I wanted to, to move. I kind of wanted to try and like at least build more web applications, not just, you know, the e-commerce selling shopping cart site. I wanted to do something more app-based. So then I went to Northwestern Mutual, which is a big investment um, insurance company. And so worked on that kind of stuff for many years. I think I was there almost seven years working on various teams, like moving, um, starting off just working on like app development, but then moved into like an architecture role and was doing, um, setting like strategy and design direction for how we build web apps um, at NM and worked on their external sites, worked on a bunch of internal apps, a lot of apps like financial reps use to like do financial assessments. Oh, I worked on my first hybrid mobile app there. That was fun. Like in those, like the early days of like phone gap and I'm trying to think of the tech stack, phone gap, Cordova. Um, yeah, just that hybrid model of like building a little hybrid mobile app. That was fun. That was exciting. I remember doing the same yeah. thing as like building mobile apps, phone gap and Cordova, like both of them um, leveraging that. It's pretty cool. You're like, wow, I can just write same like HTML JavaScript as I do on the web, but now it's a mobile application. You know, it was okay. It wasn't the best like end result wise, but I enjoyed it as, you know, as a developer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that was like, a, it's a pretty big company. So all of these are pretty big companies so far. They're, you know, hundreds and hundreds of employees, maybe thousands. Like they're really pretty big. Um, I hadn't done any like small startup stuff. Not that startups are really that big of a thing, especially like, you know, the Midwest, there wasn't at the time that wasn't, there weren't a ton of those. That's where you went out, out West <laughs> if you wanted to do that. Um, but eventually I was like, I think I would, I was kind of getting worried about getting too high up in the weeds with like application architecture stuff where spending more time like writing papers than maybe building apps. And I was just because how fast front end changes, I was like, I feel like I'm almost going to get out of touch if I don't try and spend more of my time building. And that was not necessarily what that role was supposed to be. So I'm like, well, maybe, I don't, anyway, the, uh, a small startup in Milwaukee, like some uh, friends I knew that uh, worked there, they had an opening for like a front end position. And I was like, all right, it's kind of risky, but you know, startups, you never know, but leave my comfort zone. Let's do it. I want to like build again. And that's where I, I went back to being just more of an engineer and 
not so much at that like architect level. Do you regret that jump? Like, cause that is scary, right? Like anytime going from like a large company where, you know, things are a little more stable typically like that's, you know, or the notion of it is usually that what were your thoughts like after diving into the startup world? Very different for sure. Right. Like so much, not very much process or procedure kind of more autonomy, faster pace sometimes in a way that maybe was sometimes not great. <laughs> um, maybe too fast. Yeah, not a lot of like layers of things. You don't have to like go get, you know, 20 approvals and try and sell ideas. It was sort of like have a conversation with a few people and make a decision and keep moving. So it was very different that way. Um, There were no, no one was writing papers. (laughs) There was no time for writing papers. I like that. That's a drastic difference though. Like really, yeah, like a big difference in, in the way you operate. Yeah, I liked it. I just got to like build stuff and... The people that I was working with were all like really smart and fun and nice. And it was, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for that experience. And I'm glad I made the jump, even though it was, yeah, like scary. Cause it's like, who knows? And I mean, in the end it did like kind of fall apart cause it got acquired and then it got acquired again. And, um, there's, there's a whole lot of drama that happened with that. And, um, but if I hadn't gone there, I never would have met uh, TJ and TJ who had, had left that startup to go work at Atlassian and a year later was like hey they're looking for front-end engineers right would you be interested and so like all these doors keep opening you know like if you if you never move you'll never know about these doors like this it would never would have happened it's so true and it's also like I mean I also it's connections too right like the people you work with you just never know, like you end up, I mean, I, I want to keep working with great people and I meet someone that I really enjoy working with. And it's like, if there's going to be an opening, I, I want to tell them about it. So it's kind of cool that that's like an important factor there too, just, you know, brings you all the way to Atlassian, um, which gets back to that, like, it's all on the West Coast now. Like you've actually, you know, it's a big move too. What were your feelings on that? So you're like, all right, I've, you know, interviewed with Atlassian. What was that like? And, you know, what, what made you make the jump to the Bay Area? Yeah, big decision. Um, yeah, because uh, uh, my husband, Josh and I, like we had, a you know, pretty established, like most of our lives have been, you know, spent in Wisconsin. We had, you know, our, our uh, friend group there and our families and we had, bought a house so we had you know pretty pretty established in many ways so it was a big deal um we had though for years been talking about like wouldn't it be like you know should should we try to find jobs where the company is like their main purpose as a company is making software versus a lot of the companies um in that area were like their main purpose as a business was something else, but like they had technology jobs, but they were, it, they weren't software companies per se there that existed, but it just wasn't like as many. And we kind of, we had talked about like, Oh, do we move somewhere more like tech hubby where the, that those jobs are more plentiful? Like, we're, you know, go to Austin or we do go to like uh, Boulder or I don't know. There's like a b- bunch of different places, you know, that had more of that kind of thing. So we had talked about it for years. We just never really went for it. And then when the Atlassian opportunity came through and it was like, and it worked out and the offer was there, it was like, all right, should we do it? All right, let's do it. Um, 
we rented our house out just because we weren't sure. We're like, oh, maybe it won't work out and we'll just, you know, we'll move back. <laughs> um, and eventually that we got rid of the house as well because it was annoying to have to worry about that. But yeah, it, it was, yeah, I mean, it's just a really huge change. It's really far moving across the country, um, going back to apartment life, uh, all of it. But no regrets. It was like... Obviously, it's it's nice to live somewhere where you can see a lot of really close friends more easily, but um, it's really beautiful out here. And um, that's one thing I, I love a lot is just the ability to get to the ocean. The hiking here is is very epic. Like the outdoors in California is grand. It's very grand and, and epic. And um, I'm very appreciative of that. So yeah, no regrets. You can go like an hour one way and it's like ocean, an hour another, it's like straight up forest. Like you, you just get a balance, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very like the landscape can change pretty dramatically to go from like desert to uh, mountains to, to ocean, all of that. So yeah. In, in hours too, like in driving hours, like it's, it's kind of wild that you can do that. So I've always appreciated that yeah. too. And then even being in somewhere like San Francisco, being in a city, but you still have these, like all these amazing things just around it that are like outdoorsy. So it's kind of a good mix. Yeah. I, I am curious. So like, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, your career and all the things that, you know, different jobs, what keeps you motivated to stay working in tech? Yeah, I've I get this question quite a bit because it's now coming in twenty one yeah twenty one years because I graduated in two thousand so it's a long time to be in tech. There's there's like many stories on the internet you can if you do some searching of people like burning out and quitting and being harassed or you know a million awful stories and leaving leaving tech. Um, I was pretty aware of that stuff too. And I moved out to Cal, like, you know, San Francisco, Silicon Valley. I was like, there's a lot of bad stories of bad companies out here. Like, I don't, you know, want to, I don't want to subject myself to that if I don't have to. So I definitely did a lot of research before deciding that this was something that I wanted to do. Um, but what's kept me, I just love it. I just, I like, since I was back in the early days of building simple little dumb web pages, like it's just so fun to me. Um, it's making and building and there's so much like satisfaction in that and even more satisfaction when you're like building something that helps someone else. And so like working on Trello right now as an example for me is hugely rewarding because it's used by so many people to help them you know run their small business or I don't just it's you're building a thing that enables somebody else to um to get things done and that's incredibly rewarding and yeah I just am intrinsically motivated I still love the building and the making it's still fun it changes so much though the 20 years it's not like I'm doing the same thing I did 20 years ago at all like in the end, yes, it's HTML and JavaScript and CSS, but the way you go about it has changed dramatically over those over those twenty years. 
And so I feel like I'm always learning. That's always good is like the constant learning, which is probably, it's probably, that's a motivator in itself too, like the building and the learning. Yeah. And I suppose the other reason that I'm still doing it is just over those 20 years, the people that I've met along the way, like some people in that I've made the work you'll forget about, you'll forget the projects and stuff, but you won't forget the people that you worked with and you will remember um, who was kind to you, who helped you, um, who made you laugh. Like all of those things keep you going. If you don't have, like if you're on a team and there's nobody who's kind (laughs) and there's nobody who makes you laugh, like it's not going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I want I want the work to you know to, to have some element of fun to it. I'm ve- I think that's a privilege too. There's so many shitty jobs that are that are awful, that are not fun, that are um, demoralizing and whatever. So I feel very lucky and privileged that I found this and I liked it and I kept with it and I can keep doing it. I love that. No, I, I love it so much. And too, you're right. Like finding something that you enjoy doing and just keep doing that is, is so it's not oh yeah i should say it's so rare but it, it can be rare and so that that's great maybe on the flip side if you were like had to leave tech what would you do instead <laughs> oh if i had to leave something with art or music i you know like some making but it's hard to it's hard to make a living making art but i something related to those things i think would be would be ideal. I could see your answer being that. And actually mine in when I was Gem had asked me something similar and I was like, yeah, something art related. Like and you're and you're right. It's harder to make maybe a living off of it. But there's there's definitely ways to do it. And I think it's just something completely different, which would be kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. What about future future goals? Like Stacey, you've you've done a lot in your career, like definitely gone through a lot of various engineering roles, worked at different sizes of company, large, small, like at the startup size, and then even something, again, a bit larger, like Atlassian, you know, what are some goals that you have for the future? Oh, the, the, the dreaded, like, where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years question? Well, that's a word. Yeah, that's a terrible one. Maybe it's like, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's tough. (laughs) It is hard. Um, Because if you had asked me, you know, 15 years ago, like, do you think you'll still be, you know, doing this? In 15 years, I'd be like, I don't know. This job didn't exist when I started high school. Like, yep. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I'm, in some ways, I'm impressed that I've, you know, it's still relatively the same job. Like, still a web developer, you know, 20 years, 20 years later. Future, I'll, st- I'll keep doing it as long as I'm excited about it. Like, I still, I still want to keep making and building. It's, it's super fun. There... There is some concern I have uh, just because of ageism and things out in the West Coast, like uh, if that's ever going to be a factor or not. I don't know. Like I haven't felt it yet, which is nice. Um, And like when I was in the Midwest, I had a lot of coworkers who were, you know, engineers or architects still like doing the, the, the individual contributor thing that were you know, near retirement age. So I, there was a lot of, that was like not something I really thought about when I was in the Midwest because there were a lot of examples of people in very, all sorts of age groups that were still doing, you know, technical work. So 
I'm only aware of it just because of some of the stuff that you see out here. So I don't know what that's going to mean for me. Like, will it ever be a thing or a problem? I don't know. Will I go for an interview and someone won't hire me because I think that I'm, you know, not young enough? I don't know. I th- so there's there's some of that in my brain. And I'm like, well, does that mean that I need to be a manager? Do I need to like move into management? You know, is that like the right the right thing to do? Um, I don't know. I did. I was a manager for a split second and it was like interesting and rewarding and challenging, but I don't love it more than I love making things still. So yeah, I actually really love that you went to management, but then also realized like, Hey, maybe this isn't the type of role for me and went back. Like, I think that sometimes people, people ask me about going into management and sometimes they're worried that like, once they go down that track that they can't go back. And, and I don't think that that's, should be a thing because you actually just built up new skill sets that actually help you still in your day-to-day as an engineer that you probably learn from being a manager that just helps you as a, as an engineer again. Yeah. I don't think you, hopefully uh, don't be afraid if don't stick with something, even if you think that you're, that's what you're supposed to be doing, but if you don't like it, (laughs) life is too short. (laughs) It's, it's so true. How does, uh, like, you know, we, we spoke a bit about music and I mean, everyone on the podcast uh, loves a lot of your picks. Like they're always really, really great, uh, to listen to, especially when coding, like you have great mixes for that. How does like music play into your life? Like, how do you, you know, is it something that's just always been there since you could first start driving and going and seeing shows? Like how has music really shown up for you, uh, in your life? Oh yeah. It's always, I guess it's always been there. It's always been a bit of an obsession, I guess, like uh, making mixtapes way back when, when you could like maybe only hear a song on the radio. So you were like, you'd sit there waiting for that song to come on and then record it and your mixtape. And yeah, just (laughs) Um, the personal, like how personal that was and how much it felt like you were making something really special. Um, mixed CDs those were you know when that was a thing too it just was like very fun to craft and curate like an experience and and share that experience with someone else Um, I loved everything about it and the uh, I don't know the the, like music itself is just you know expression of emotions and feelings and and there's catharticness to that and dancing was a huge thing like going to a lot of um electronic music uh events um for me that's like pure living in the moment uh expression um i think that people do that with a lot of things right like we're all all trying to not think about the past not think about the future and try and not be uh stressed and be present um music does that for me very deeply i think uh that's why, you know, I love it. So that's why it's also the pandemic's been really hard because I haven't been able to to do this thing that helps that and helps, you know, keep me, you know, centered. And, um, and it's something that you do with like friends who have shared experiences um, going to events and things. Um, so there's, there's a whole lot to it. And it's definitely, I spend way too much time curating music and making uh, uh, mixes, lists, and and 
uh, going exploring. Like I had uh, some time off recently and I spent, you know, entire days just like following music recommendations and listening and, um, and curating, which you can do when you, when you don't have, uh, kids and <laughs> a lot of, uh, you, you, you could still way. do, you just might get some like interruptions and things like that. It's, yeah. you can still figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's just a, such a big part. Yeah. What are some parting words that you could share with our listeners? Oh, parting words. Um, one thing I did, um, throughout my career was at least try and always pay attention to, if you can, this is, you know, again, these are privileged things to say, but, you know, if you're not happy what you're doing or you don't like what you're doing, or you found something else that you do, like try to make changes so that you can spend, you're spending like a huge amount of your life doing work. So try and make it something that brings you a little bit of joy. Um, like I would, if someone was like pushing me towards doing more backend development, I would be like, no, <laughs> I don't want it. I don't like it. <laughs> and then if it got pushed too hard, I'd be like, well, then I'm going to find a different team or do a different thing. So yeah, it was just very clear to me, like what I, what, what I like doing and what's fun for me. So protect that. If you, if you can find that too, protect it. And the only person really managing your career is you. So uh, be bold. <laughs>